This is Calgary Today with Angela Cocott on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Good Thursday afternoon. The sun is shining and we are enjoying the space on our street level studio. Marinacci has such perfect timing to the point where he just walked into our street level studio. Also, we, as always, are streaming this live on Facebook. I'm hoping that someone gets you some water and you catch your breath. How are you? I am thrilled to be here. Thank you very much. I see there's a whole new Facebook Live apparatus. You don't have to hold it anymore. Yes, Katie actually now has a tripod. We managed to find a few more bucks in the budget. So you're doing well? I'm doing very well, thank you. I've, it's been a while since we've had this con- chance to chat. So yes, yes, you've a, been doing a lot since we've talked last. I have been doing a lot, that <laughs> is true. What were you doing just before you got here? Because you're always going from one meeting to another. Uh, well, two things. I had a wonderful event with uh, some seniors in East Village who were doing uh, creative art stuff and they were presenting uh, in City Hall. And then I had a meeting talking about the future of urban planning and our Main Streets project, uh, which is all about... Uh, certain streets, including the one we're on right now, 17th Avenue Southwest, west of 37th Street, so just a little bit further up from us, uh, and how we're going to be transforming those over time to be really great neighborhood main streets. Yeah, and that is a big process because I know where I live, when you have any kind of transformation, you make sure that you include as much of the community as possible. So it's really just the beginning, right? I yeah, mean, this is one of the really interesting things about the Main Street. Sorry, we're getting right down the rabbit hole, but this is one of the really interesting things about this Main Streets project because often people in communities, so for example here in Killarney, um, will say to us, you know, we don't want all this density in the middle of our community. We want, but we want a better commercial street with better retail options and apartment buildings mm-hmm. and people living there. And so we've taken a bit of a shift. Instead of thinking about our development only on a community by community basis, we've got this list of streets, which in our municipal development plan are supposed to be better main streets. Uh, and what we were talking about today is prioritizing those and taking maybe nine or ten of them, and saying, okay, let's do all of the zoning along these all at once. Let's do the infrastructure upgrades all at once so that we can bulk up these main streets and put the growth in the community along the main corridors and perhaps less so in the heart of the neighborhood. Hmm. So when you say you're trying to figure out the priority, though, you've mentioned 17th Avenue kind of west of here at 33rd Street Southwest. But so what are some of the other streets that you're... Oh, I don't know if I'm allowed to say. Is that right? Is it at that stage? I mean, But it is, um, yeah, we haven't made any decisions yet. But if you look at the municipal development plan, you'll see there are a number of corridors ranging from really big commercial corridors like McLeod Trail Mm -hmm. South, north of Chinook Center, to more neighborhood level corridors like First Avenue, Northeast and Bridgeland. Uh, And that these are all kind of streets where they're probably operating below their optimum uh, capacity and their optimum value to the city. Mm-hmm. So it really is a matter of choosing some from each category and figuring out how to do it. The other thing, of course, that's going to make a huge difference here is going ahead with our major transit investments. So as we go ahead with the various BRTs, 17th Avenue Southeast BRT, for example, and as we go ahead with the Green Line, we want to make sure that we don't do what we did when we built the West LRT, which is build the LRT first and then figure out the neighborhood uses around it right. that can support the LRT, including the building we're sitting in mm-hmm. right now, which is an example of that. But rather, let's do the rezonings and do the visioning with the community in advance so that the LRT becomes a community building tool or the BRT rather than 
uh, completely separated from the kind of growth we want to see. Uh, I'm letting you also mention that tomorrow is the last day for people to get in on their neighborhood parties because tomorrow you have the opportunity to get a permit free. That's right. So Neighbor Day is coming up on June the 18th, on Saturday, June the 18th. You may recall that after the flood of 2013, in 2014, when it came time to commemorate the flood's anniversary, I dusted off an idea I had had a while earlier about citywide block parties and said, you know, rather than commemorate the flood only, let's celebrate the incredible community spirit that Mm -hmm. came out after that. So now on the third Saturday in June, we have Neighbor Day and we encourage people in every neighborhood just to do something with with your neighbors. It could be anything. I know some neighborhoods are doing a plant exchange bringing in their perennials. Some are doing a tea party. Some are doing uh, front yard barbecues. Uh, But if you want to do a block party, if you want to close your street, which is, by the way, my favorite thing in the world, we're waiving the permit fees for that, but you do have to sign up by tomorrow. Similarly, if you want exclusive space in a park, you can waive the permit fees, but you have to sign up by tomorrow. But you don't need it to do anything that fancy. You know, I know in one neighborhood, uh, New Brighton last year, I went and... All the neighbors did was haul their own barbecues out onto the tot lot in the middle of the neighborhood and had a progressive potluck barbecue. Uh, And things like that are just awesome. You know, I remember uh, in a neighborhood in the north, um, I believe it was Thorncliffe Greenview. uh, Actually, it was Tuxedo. They did a very simple thing. That morning at their community association hall, they just put out a big whiteboard. And the whiteboard said, on one half, I can. And on the other half, I need. And so it was just to match neighbors up. And I'll never forget that one lady had written, I need someone who can fix a lawnmower. And she happened to be there, so I asked her about it. And she was an older woman, and she said, you know, I've lost my husband. And he always mowed the lawn. So I can mow the lawn now, but the lawnmower is broken, and I don't know how to fix it. And, of course, someone had written on the other side, I can mow your lawn. Good stuff. And so that's really what this thing is all about. So I really encourage everyone, Saturday, June the 18th, one of the longest days of the year, to come out and do something fun with your neighbors, whether it's a fence painting or a community cleanup or just a barbecue. But don't have the barbecue in your backyard. Have the barbecue in your front yard. So that other um, and invite see and invite it. your neighbors over to do it. And make sure you invite the friendly city of Calgary people in your neighborhood. Invite the firefighters. Just walk up to the fire hall and tell them when you're doing it. They love bringing the fire trucks out and letting the kids climb all over it. Invite the police officers. Invite your local counselor and invite me. Um, I've got about 100 invitations so far, but I'm going to go to everything I can that day. I was going to say, it's the longest day for you Uh, as well. It is, but it's wonderful. (laughs) Uh, Calgary.ca slash Neighbor Day. Remember, we're Canadian, so Neighbor has a U in it. Perfect. All right. So uh, that's your little plug. Uh, How have have the last couple of months been for you? Because you've been through a lot. You've been to Boston, and we know that, Uh, of course, you were... You had no... I learned a new word. What's that? What was the new no, word? No, I, I can't say it on the radio, apparently. <laughs> you had no idea you were being videotaped? No, none whatsoever. And, of course, people know this story that you shared your views on Uber, and you've apologized. Have you heard back from Uber at all? Oh, yeah. We've been in, a, we've been in nonstop negotiations with them to uh, try and get this thing right. Uh, people were joking with me that uh, if you were to Google uh, the term that I used <laughs> and Uber, you would get tens, hundreds of thousands of hits. So <laughs> they probably put it up on the wall. They weren't that offended. It was um, that word that you apologized for. And really, <laughs> it was I, the word. I don't think uh, <laughs> many people really were offended by the word. I think they just wanted to get more details on the information that you were sharing. And you have since said that maybe you weren't saying well, whether no, or not I the mean, city used 
I mean, let me say that, you know, always with uh, enforcement issues, it's difficult to talk about them because when there are legal issues, you cannot always uh, put those things at jeopardy. But as I said back in January, February, we do know that uh, people, at least one person, um, slipped through the background check who would not have slipped through a CPS background check. The argument is sort of moot now anyway because the province has mandated that the background checks have to be done by the police. And citizens across the city were saying, yeah, that makes sense to me too. Will Uber eventually operate in Calgary? I'm pretty sure they will. Um, You know, when you look at the provincial legislation that they just announced, um, a number of the items that Uber uh, was concerned about with Calgary have been dealt with by the provincial legislation and they've suggested they can live with them. That's the background check, how the insurance works. In any case, they couldn't operate legally until at least the end of June because the insurance product is not yet approved. Mm -hmm. And that'll probably happen by July 1st. So, um, so, you know, we'll see if we go there, but the, the background check issue, the insurance check issue, the driver's license issue. In fact, the city of Calgary was quite flexible on whether you need a class five driver's license, which is the license most people have, or you need a higher order license, a class one or a class four. The province has suggested you do need the higher order license. I actually would have allowed people to do it to a certain number of hours per week with a class five, but it is the provincial legislation now. So really the only difference then between our regime and Edmonton's regime is the fees. And we are very insistent that the fees have to cover the costs. We can't subsidize the operations of that private business uh, in Calgary. So really, we're just negotiating how that works. And I, and I suspect that, and I hope that Uber will find uh, an agreement that makes sense for them. I know that's their interest. They want to be on the ground here. So we continue to work on it. And you are clear in not having any aspirations at this point for federal politics. Why do people keep asking me that? <laughs> well, it just so happens that former Prime Minister Stephen Harper, there is going to be a vacant riding that will have a by-election. I had, I had a lot of fun yesterday because I was just doing a, uh, a run-of-the-mill press scrum. We were talking about Calgary being named one of the world's 100 resilient cities, which is actually a really big deal, and we can talk a little bit more about. Um, but all of these reporters, including your colleagues, um, were... So, are you running in Calgary Heritage? So, I just deadpan. Yes, um, actually, I just have to finish getting my signatures in New Brunswick. Then I'll have seven out of the ten provinces, which means I'll be able to run for the leadership of the Conservative Party, which, you know, I don't want to run unless I'm the leader, but obviously I'll be the leader by the time this started. And it was so funny. They were just all looking at me, and I'm like, yeah, because I would announce that at a random scrum. So, uh, but no, you know what? no, I'm not. And, and, you, and as you say, because we've, you know, you've visited with me for, well, ever since you've been in office. Yeah, six and, years almost, if and you can I imagine. do, exactly. And I, I, I do know that there's a Mayor Nancy who is a bit of a joker and a sarcastic guy. I don't I'm I don't know because you're so busy this morning. Robin Roger kind of took a couple of shots at you saying, is our mayor too confident? Now I would argue I'd rather have a confident mayor than a weak mayor, but do you sometimes think your confidence, there's that fine line between oh, sure. people who think you're confident and people who think you're arrogant? arrogant. Sure. I mean that it is who I am. You know, that's one of the challenges. Oh, we're 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 on the psychiatrist couch now, but yeah. it's okay. <laughs> It's one of the challenges in this role because, you know, as you know, I was never a politician before and I've never gone to politician school. And to this day, if someone asks me a question, I answer it. And if someone asks me a dumb question, sometimes they get a dumb answer um, in response. And that still kind of surprises people all these years later. You think they would have figured it out. Um, And, uh, you know, so 
the question about are you going to run, I mean, obviously I'm not going to run. I have, I have a job. I've got a good job. Um, so, you know, if you're going to ask me a silly question, you might get a bit of a silly answer. But you'd be surprised. You know, Marinentia, I know that you have said before you believe in fulfilling a term. Absolutely. But there have been lots of other politicians who see your role as just another step in maybe minas- uh, provincial politics, yeah. maybe federal politics. It's not the first time we've heard of a mayor in this country who has said, I'm stepping down and I'm running for something bigger. It's not the first time we've heard it from a mayor in this city, yes. right? Um, but I will tell you that uh, one thing that uh, constantly irritates me is when people say, are you running for a bigger or a higher office, for example? And I, so I never ever use that term that political scientists use, levels of government. I always say orders of government because the three different orders of government, federal, provincial, municipal, are all really important. And as I said yesterday, when I gave a more serious answer, you know, I love dealing with the stuff that matters to people's lives every day, dealing with clean water and roads and transit and garbage and poop um, and parks and recreation uh, and so on. So I really, really love doing it. Um, And if people are happy with me doing it, then why in the world would I want to go work on defense or international affairs or whatever it is the federal government Mm -hmm. does? Let the people who have a real passion for that uh, go on and do that. Uh, and as as for provincial politics, well, we've got a newish government, only a year old now. Uh, let's give them a chance. Well, and I know you've said you've been critical of the party system as well, and you've got you do have it the best. If you you know you've got the best job as you've said before, but also you're not beholding to any political party or leader or policies. Well, there are pluses and minuses to that, right? Because you end up with Roger and Rob, uh, you know taking things in a very personal place, which why wouldn't they? Because I don't have a party, you know, purple. Though I did notice Maxime Bernier's uh, campaign for leadership of the Conservative Party is totally purple, so I couldn't run anyway. He's taken my <laughs> color. Um, but uh, there's no room for purple, right? Purple is a combination of red and blue, and that's very much on purpose. So, you know, I get leap manifesto people on the left yelling at me all the time. I get uh, people on the right yelling at me all the time. Uh, and I figure if that's the case, I'm probably doing something right. And uh, so that's the part that I really like. And it is frustrating, right? Because if you think about the prime minister or the premier, let's say, or even the mayor of Vancouver where they have a party system, they can actually put forth a program and say, this is what I want to do. And people can have some assurance that that's actually going to happen. I go to city council every second week, and I could not tell you at 9.30 in the morning when I bang the gavel what the result of any given vote is going to be. But I love that because it actually means that people are paying attention to the debate, that most of the time people are not clouded by partisanship. Um, Of course, it sneaks in as it does everywhere in all human relations. But most of the time, people are actually listening to the debate and voting. And I love that on my council, the votes, every single council meeting, I always stop and go, we have never seen that particular vote split before. Uh, And I think that's actually a good thing because it means people are listening to one another. All right, let's take a break here because, of course, Mayor Nancy drops by every now and then. And he takes your calls and your texts. 974-TALK, 974-8255. Text us, 770-770. As he says, he answers questions. Whether you like them or not, he does answer the question. Mayor Nancy uh, joining us. And, uh, of course, we are streaming this on Facebook, News Talk 770 uh, Calgary. And you can watch the mayor in our street-level studio. You get the special 
service here because not everyone gets this treatment. You oh, you haven't that. moved here permanently? We haven't moved here permanently, no. And I just dropped something so you can actually keep talking. While it's super cool, the Street Front Studio and this great new building uh, yes. on 17th and 33rd uh, right across Westbrook Station. And there's a brand new public library in Westbrook Station and I have not been there yet. I so like I think that. when we're done, I might wander over. Yeah, I um, drove by one day and I said, look, the library is right here. All right. Uh, let's see. The other thing I wanted to talk about because we are getting texts. You can text Mayor Nancy 777 you can also call Mayor Nancy, 974-TALK, 974-8255. Let's see if we can put Cheryl on the air. Hello, Cheryl. Hello. Hi, Cheryl. Hi. I have a suggestion for okay, uh, the Calgary Next Center. For the Calgary, okay. which, sorry? Next. Uh, oh, Next yes, yes, Center. go ahead. Mm-hmm. Okay, and the property belongs to the city of Calgary already. It's uh, on the West Hills uh, behind the Safeway, that land in there where the recycle gravel uh, off, off of Sarcy Trail there? Off Sarcy Trail. Huh. Behind Safeway. You just go right behind Safeway. And you can see it. And you say that's, that's... already got a huge base for gravel. Interesting. Well, I, yeah. I think regardless, Cheryl, of your suggestion, I think that's what has come out of this whole conversation over Calgary Next, Mayor Nenshi, is there are other places that we could yeah. be looking at, aren't there? Yes. The uh, the reports that came to council, oh, I guess about six weeks ago now, pretty clearly said that Calgary Next in its current form uh, in the, the proposal in West Village wasn't going to work. So what happened here was that the Flames made this proposal, and normally when a developer makes a proposal to the city, they give us a bunch of engineering documents and drawings and so on, and, and you know that's their cost as they're making an application. And in this case, we didn't have really any of that. So the city spent a fair bit of time and money, you know, I think well over a million dollars, on analyzing and doing core samples and so on uh, in this area. And for me, the real challenge there was not just the cost, which was well over $1.4 billion if memory serves of public funding, um, but also the fact that the act of cleaning up that area in the West Village would itself take a number of years before you could even put a shovel in the ground to build something there. So for me, those make it very, very challenging. I know that the Calgary Sports and Entertainment Group, the Flames, uh, disagree with some of the environmental consultants' recommendations. They're going to be coming to council in June with kind of their response. But I also in order to not lose time, suggested that we also start thinking about different plan Bs. Uh, And the idea here is, you know, I think Calgarians have been pretty clear that a new hockey arena would be a nice thing to have, that they don't want the level of public funding that was contemplated by Calgary Next. In fact, many people say there ought to be no public funding at all um, in a profit-making enterprise like that. So, It really is a matter of reconciling all of this uh, and figuring out where we are. The good news is that everyone is, I think, looking for a solution. You know, we don't have a bunch of empty threats. We're going to move the team, that kind of thing that's have happened in other cities. And we're doing this a little bit differently than in most cities and that we're doing this out in public. You know, in most cities where there's deals like this, they get cooked up and then they get presented to the public. And we're actually doing the messy sausage making of seeing what makes sense public, what makes sense private, where it makes sense, as you say. Um, all out in public. So I love getting suggestions like this. Thank you for that. Uh, And we'll continue. And our next uh, opportunity to have a discussion about this will come at the end of June 
when the Calgary Sports and Entertainment Group comes with their thoughts uh, back to City Council. Cheryl, thanks for the call. And uh, speaking of time, we are out of time for this half hour, but we've got lots more phone calls and texts to get to. 974-TALK, 974-8255 to talk to Marinenci. And we've got a bunch of questions on text that I will share after the news. Back after this. All right, we are on the air with Mayor Nenshi, and he is ready to take your phone calls, 974-TALK, 974-8255, and your text, 770-770, also on Twitter, at Calgary Today, and the mayor is at Nenshi. Let's go to some texts here. I have a question for Mayor Nenshi. Where is the city at the Anderson Station redevelopment? I'm asking as a potential investor slash business owner within it. Thanks. Uh, The Anderson Station redevelopment got caught up in the big discussion that we've been having around park and ride. Uh, And council last week approved this park and ride, um, or committee actually, it hasn't gone to council yet. Committee approved this park and ride strategy that deferred a decision on the Anderson Station TOD to the end of this year. TOD is transit-oriented development. The reason for that is because there is a very big debate uh, on council and in the city right now about both the number of spaces for parking at transit stations and whether or not we should be charging for them. Uh, I've been pretty clear on this point. When I was first elected, uh, one of the first things we did was dismantle the disastrous $3 a day, uh, 100% of spots charge, which wasn't working uh, and was just a mess. Mm -hmm. Uh, So now we have sort of this compromise system where 50%, up to 50% of the spots in each lot are uh, reserved on a monthly basis, $85 a month and the other half are free. So essentially we've developed a world where if you don't want to pay, you have to get there really early or take the bus. And if you're willing to pay, you have the right to come later. And all of the spots become free at 10 a.m. and usually fill up around 10.05 a.m. when they're done. So this report on Park and Ride uh, had a bunch of um, recommendations, and some of which I quite liked, demand-based pricing so that those spots that are not in use you can buy on a daily basis, um, things like that. Uh, I am not in any way in favor of moving to a 100% paid system. And that is one of the recommendations. I think that does exactly the opposite of what we need, which is encourage people uh, to take transit. So that's a fight we'll have at council soon. Now, as for Anderson Station, there was a plan that was coming to council that vastly cut the number of parking spots at that station. And I just personally did not think that was a very good idea because we're going to make a lot of money off of the development around that station as a city, because right now the the empty parking lot pays zero property taxes, and whatever goes there will end up paying property taxes. And I'd like to see some of that money diverted to building parking so that there's no net loss of parking spots. Um, That's a new way of thinking for the folks who are thinking about the redevelopment, which is why they need some more time to figure out if that's possible or not. Even when we had this discussion about the paying complete pay for the uh, LRT lots, a lot of people were saying, you know what, I, I, I'd love to take the bus or even a better feeder bus to the C-Train station, but they're critical of the feeder bus system. Sure. You know, in Northeast Calgary, for example, because Northeast Calgary is built on a real grid system, it's relatively easy to get the bus to the train. And as a result, we have lower rates of usage of the park and ride lots. Mm. But in other parts of the city, it is much more complicated. So take me as an example. I've got one bus that goes right in front of my house. I live on a bus route and goes straight, no turns um, to the station. uh, And then you can go from there. But even so, you know, I work very late. And so in order to catch the bus at the end of the night, the network doesn't always work. And so even that short, short bus ride can add anywhere from 20 minutes to an hour to my commute. And so, you know, I much prefer 
to be able to park at the station right. when I can. Uh, it's a two-minute drive. So I'm, I'm the kind of guy who really I ought not to be driving. The bus service should work. Um, and so those are things we continue to work on. But we also have to remember that the feeder buses are far more expensive than the, uh, than the parking spots. And so if we start to charge mm. for parking, the person who lives in Chaparral and drives to Somerset Bridlewood Station um, and has the kids' hockey gear in the back, you know, she's probably not going to switch to a bus. She's going to drive closer to her destination, leading to more congestion and more wear and tear on McLeod Trail, just as an example. So we got to get this right, and no solution is going to satisfy everybody. The only solution that would satisfy everybody is unlimited free parking everywhere. Yeah. And, you know, it's not going to happen. So Namely downtown. we got we to find something. Yeah. As someone here says, are you excited about the Calgary Homeless Foundation and Streetside Development Corporation Aurora on the Park project and its progress? Looking good, isn't it? And that's from Christian. I actually haven't seen it, so I don't know how far along it's getting. I've seen it. I ride by it every day. Does it look good? The Aurora on the Park, Christian, is looking very good. So what I really uh, love is this program called Resolve. And so the Calgary Homeless Foundation has taken all of the nonprofit organizations that are building affordable housing and put them into one big fundraising project so that uh, they can all raise funds together. And they have a lot of money to raise still. But they've raised uh, enough to start really building units for the first first time in a long time. And we're going to see a lot more of that in communities across the city. And I think that's a net benefit to the city. Uh, one person here says, uh, Mayor, I think it's a great idea for reserved stalls on C-Train parking lots. I think more people will use it. Now, he's obviously saying, or she, likes reserving all of the stalls. And I think definitely that's not what you're saying. Well, you know, part of the confusion of the report on the park and ride is it kind of mixes up reserved and pay. And so could you reserve a stall for free? I, I don't know. Um, so that's one of the things that we've got to think about a little bit more. But I will tell you there's there's one big challenge that I've got, which is, as I said, in the Northeast, the... Um, feeder buses tend to be better. Mm -hmm. So there's a little more capacity in the lots. Um, They're they're still all full, but it's not quite as, you know, 6.01 a.m. completely packed kind of thing. And so if we have variable pricing in different lots based on demand, then that working mom in Walden suddenly pays a whole bunch of money that the working mom in Skyview Ranch doesn't pay. And I'm not sure how I feel about that. I I don't think that's quite right either. So we got to get this one right. Actually, we were talking about this last week. And one of my callers who, I'm older than you, Marinanchi, and my caller was older than me. Six months or so. Yeah, right. But he said he remembered a time in Calgary, it was like a dial-a-bus. Do you think, have you ever heard of that? Where you could, the night before, phone in and order a bus for your area. And I thought, wow. okay, <laughs> I don't know how this well, would work, but well, I'm sure there'd be an app for that. Yeah, no, that, that interestingly, yes, there is. <laughs> so um, one of the really, now we're going to get down the rabbit hole again, but ah, we got time. We always do. Um, one of the really interesting things about transit is what we call the last kilometer problem, which is it's relatively easy to get people to transit nodes. But then how do you get from the transit node to your house or to your office when it's about a kilometer away? And, you know, having those feeder buses run at 11 o'clock at night for people like me who work late, that bit gets very challenging. And so, in fact, there is an app for that. There are uh, a number of startups that are trying to figure out how to solve the last mile problem or the last kilometer problem. So there's a very interesting one in Cambridge, Massachusetts called Bridge, B-R-Y-D-J, And what they do is they do carpooling 
from neighborhoods that are not well served by transit but have enough people to fill a van let's say right and so you order the van on the app and if there are enough people who want to go at the same time the van will come and get all of you uh, from your neighborhood and take you to the train station or take you all the way downtown or whatever. Right. And so in some ways, particularly during non-peak hours, especially late at night, that kind of on-demand service is actually cheaper to operate than operating an empty feeder bus every half hour. So these are all the sorts of things that both technology uh, in terms of communications, yeah. but also technology in terms of vehicles can really help. And these are the things that we mm. are always examining. I like that idea. 341. Now we've got more text to get to and phone calls 974-TALK, 974-8255. Mayor Nancy, and after the break, uh, something about the YMCA in Haysboro. We'll have that answer yep. for you after this. Mary Nancy dropping by as he does usually every four to six weeks. 974-TALK, 974-8255, text 770-770. You can follow me on Twitter at Calgary Today. The mayor's is at Nancy. I, I thought it was every month, but I keep, well, you know what, sometimes I keep letting it slip. <laughs> exactly. I sort of said every four to six yeah. weeks, especially now that it's coming to the summertime. Summer. Let's go to the phones. Hey, Jim, how are you? Hello, hey, Jim. How are you doing? Oh, doing Hi, Jim. Well. Hey, Mary, how are you doing? Good, thank you. Good. Uh, I got a question for you, and that is uh, Calgary has been built on some very historic lands. Yes. Um, I think the Deerfoot Trail runs right through uh, where Senator Pat Burns' ranch actually was at one time. I think that's right, yes. Yes, it is. What I was wondering is there's very little to tell or show the public what was actually there at one time. There's very little commemoration or anything like that, no plaques, uh, nothing. And I remember back in the mid-'70s, um, I did some work down in that area um, on the feed, around the feedlots that are that were in there where uh, Navajo metal and stuff like that is now, and Deerfoot Trail runs right through that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Burns Ranch House was still right on the Bull River at that time. Um, there's there's nothing to commemorate that or any historic tours. I don't believe of those lands or other lands of significance. Uh, and some of those old houses are still standing uh, in Kensington, uh, you know, uh, down in Inglewood. Mm-hmm. It'd be kind of neat just to see if there was organized tours or if somebody could, uh, could actually set up something. People could actually go and see what these places actually were before they were at the are now. Yeah, that's very cool. Thank you. Um, I am crazy about local history, uh, whether it's Indigenous history or the history of uh, the settlers uh, who built the city. And so stuff like that I love. Um, and on the very specific thing about the plaque, I'm going to ask you to do me a favor, which is drop me a quick line, the mayor at calgary.ca, um, and we can look into that for you. But I will also tell you that there's a couple of great organizations in the city that are doing exactly what you're talking about. Starting in 2012, we had something called the Century Homes Initiative, which is all about people celebrating their homes, which are 100 years old, and there's still lots of lawn signs and stuff in combination with something called Doors Open Calgary, which happens in September, um, where a lot of people will open their doors uh, on one particular day for folks to come by and do tours, uh, which is also a great thing. And if you're really, really interested in this, I strongly suggest getting involved with the Calgary Heritage Initiative, uh, CHI, which is a group of citizens who, like me, are crazy about heritage, but particularly crazy about heritage buildings, uh, and continue to do some great stuff there. We have the Lion Awards, which is our biannual awards for heritage preservation, coming up uh, uh, in July, I think, towards the end of July. Uh, And they, too, are a great opportunity for us to celebrate some of this. But you're absolutely right. I would love to get even more people engaged in uh, understanding our local history. 
Jim, thanks you know, for the call. It's, it's really, uh, just a quick comment here, if I may. There is a uh, an existing ranch house actually right in the uh, Bankview area. It's uh, on 14th Street at about 18th or 19th Avenue southwest. It's okay, big, sure. Brick, brick house. That house is still lived in, and that was a ranch house at one time. Back I did not know that. Thank you for letting yeah, me know. And actually, uh, the Sarsi Indians used to camp and camp in the Scarborough area. That was when they came in to get their treaty money at that time, and they used to entertain them in that uh, at that house. They'd feed them I, and, and bed them down and, and all that. Okay, yeah. that is cool. I really do want you to join the Calgary Heritage Initiative because these are stories we cannot lose. Thank you for yeah. that. Thanks, Jim. And I've been to Thank some you. cities where they have the pictures of what this used to look like, this neighborhood, whether it was a meatpacking plant, and now you see it, and they've got a little bit of a write-up and in that platform. Here's a text. In, uh, let's see here, what will happen to Haysboro YMCA? Everyone in new neighborhoods seem to get new ones. Southland Leisure Centre gets very full. That's from Ron. Yeah, you know, the South Family Y was closed many years ago, even before I was mayor. Uh, And it is sort of a mystery to me as to what is taking so long to find a redevelopment for that. I don't know that it'll be redeveloped into a fitness facility. I, I I don't think it will. Um, because, you know, the Y did close it, I think, because of declining demand over time. But I am excited, you know, because for a long time we weren't building any in new neighbourhoods. And uh, I'm excited that we are building four new um, major rec centres. We're going to open the first one of those in Quarry Park um, next month or in July. Uh, And that's been a long time coming. And, you know, I live near the Genesis Centre in northeast Calgary, and those rec centres are really the heart of a community. And uh, so I'm really excited that we're going to have the Remington uh, family YMCA open in Quarry Park. We're going to have two new YMCAs in Seton and in uh, Rocky Ridge Royal Oak, as well as a facility straight up for ice uh, in the industrial area in Great Plains, right across from the new Calgary Film Studio. Good stuff. Okay, let's take a break for traffic. 351 helicopter traffic brought to you by Truman. Due to overwhelming demand, the grand opening of Orchard Sky, Canada's largest multifamily show home parade, continues this weekend. Visit liveatorchardsky.com. Live better, live Truman. For the second afternoon in a row, a very slow drive on Glenmore Trail in both directions. Currently westbound, we have a collision at Sarcy Trail with traffic there backed up to Elbow Drive. It's also back to Elbow Drive if you're heading east through that stretch uh, from Deerfoot Trail, where we also have a collision. Uh, approaching the Armstrong Bridge on Deerfoot Trail in the southeast, also backups from the bridge deck uh, almost to Heritage Drive. And in the northeast, northbound on Deerfoot Trail, looking slow between 64th Avenue and 16th Avenue. Brewster's Epic Summer Pass, unlimited access to the Glacier Adventure, and four more mountain adventures. $130 for adults, $70 for kids. Visit epicmadeeasy.ca. For the News Talk 770 Traffic Helicopter, I'm Chris Duchesne. And I'm Jared Wilden in the News Talk 770 Traffic Center. Southbound McLeod Trail starting to get a little bit busy already. Starting around Glenmore Trail as you head south, uh, it stays pretty heavy until you're south of Southland Drive. And eastbound Southland Drive on the approach to Deerfoot, currently backing you up to around Fairmount Drive. Let us know when you see something on the roads. Text us at 770-770 or give us a call, 974-8255. And our forecast calls for the chance of showers. Tonight, of course, we saw some thunder showers move through earlier in the day, a low of 6 degrees. Tomorrow, cloudy with a chance of showers, a high of 16. Saturday, cloudy, a high of 14. And Sunday, mainly cloudy, the chance of showers, a high of 15. And the weather is brought to you by... Your Prairie Toyota dealers save big during red tag days on now at your Prairie Toyota dealership. And let's get to another text here because we've got lots of text to get to. Oh, instead of using expensive feeder buses, why not use Uber? They too have their own app. Too soon, Marinenshi, LOL. 
Not not too soon, um, but in fact, that is a very good use for uh, TNC's uh, transportation network companies and ride sharing is to do that last kilometer. So I was excited this week that uh, a new Alberta-based ride sharing company actually launched uh, here in Calgary called Tapcar. I think that was just yesterday or the day before. We've had interest from a bunch of others, so uh, we'll see if the big company comes in at some point soon too. Here's a question. Ask the mayor why I can't install a clothesline in my backyard. By doing so, I could save several hundred dollars. I am not Is that a, a bylaw? I am not aware of any bylaw that uh, prevents you from doing that in the city of Calgary. There may well be some, um, some uh, restrictive covenants in particular neighborhoods uh, saying you can't do it, but I'm not aware of a citywide bylaw. So I'll say this now, and I'll probably say it again before the end of the hour on stuff that I don't know, which does happen. Um, please just send me an email, themayor at calgary.ca, and we can look, at my, look into that for you. Here's a question from Dale. Why don't we have 24-hour transit on some routes? Not everybody works 9 to 5 downtown. Some can't afford to take a taxi to a hospital. You know, uh, it's a good question, and the answer is straight up money. Uh, you know, we do do 24-hour day transit during Stampede, uh, for example. And what we have found is that the usage of it um, in the wee hours is actually much smaller than you would think. It's one of those things that where people always say, I'll take transit home from the bar or whatever, uh, and they never actually do. Um, but the question you're asking is more important, which is about how do we help shift workers get to and from work? And it really is about money. You know, right now there is a three or four hour gap um, between the last train and the first train. Uh, it's not as much as people think it is, but if that's the time you get off work, that's the time you get off workers. If you if you say if you need to get to the hospital, well, you need to get to the hospital. It really is a question of money. Uh, I can't see uh, 24 hour transit being implemented widely across many many routes in Calgary. I just don't think we have the usage to make it work. But as I've said before, with new technologies and new kinds of on demand ridership, we may well be able to come up with a solution. Here's a text, not a question, but please tell the mayor how much I appreciate the signs on Deerfoot telling you how much time to certain places I travel Deerfoot daily and can f and find I can take alternate routes to get into the Deep South. So I love them too. Never mind that Deerfoot is a provincial road, not a city road. We've helped with that. The best thing, and I'm surprised no one has complained about all the construction in South Calgary, but uh, let me tell you, I mean, it's horrible, but... Grit your teeth, listen to the radio, and go, thank God we live in a place where we can actually invest in things and our bridges don't collapse. But the best thing ever is on uh, just before the Pagan Trail exit on Deerfoot, there's a new sign that tells you the time on Barlow to get to 130th and the time on Deerfoot to get to 130th, um, given the construction on the Iverstrong Bridge. And they're always exactly the same, but it's helpful <laughs> at least every time I go by. Um, but I think that's great. And that's a great use of technology. You know how that works. It picks up the Bluetooth address of your cell phone. And so it knows that this Bluetooth address Oh. Went by, went by at this time, and it, the same Bluetooth address went by at this other oh. time, and that's how it calculates the real time. It's kind of cool. We always worry about how much mm -hmm. technology knows yeah. about us. Luckily, Mayor it's anonymous, but uh, yes. yeah, that's how Good. it works. Uh, Mayor Nancy, thanks as always, and of course, uh, give out your address again, your email address for the people. mayor at calgary.ca, uh, or always contact three one one. The people at three one one know everything, and your counselor's offices also know everything. I know there were a bunch of texts we didn't get to. I know there was a specific question, for example about irrigation in a park um, up in Royal Oak or maybe it was Rocky Ridge. Um, you know, on those, call your counselor, call 311 or email me, themayor at calgary.ca. All right, Mayor Nancy, and hopefully we'll talk to you in another four to six weeks. You bet. Thank you. We are back after this.
Calgary Today with Angela Cocott, weekdays at 3 on News Talk 770 Calgary.